0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner podcast. Conference championship weekend is here. Very big episode. We just had the college football playoff rankings come out last night. Uh, the final college football rankings will come out on Sunday night so very busy time in the college football landscape. Joe how you doing?
1: Not too bad. I mean we wrapped up a regular season. Bittersweet to see it be over but we got some good conference championships. Excited to look at the Lions in terms of betting and in a uh... Some definitely, definitely some favorites, but I think these games will be pretty fun in, in all the conferences on Friday and Saturday.
0: Yeah, there, there are some chaos scenarios that I'm sure the the committee is quite worried about right now. Um, just, just for clarity's sake, rankings came out last night. Not honestly, too much change. You know, Georgia won, Michigan two, Michigan hops up to two after Ohio State loses or after they beat Ohio State uh Washington 3 so they move up a slot Florida State 4 Oregon 5 Ohio State 6 Texas 7 and Alabama 8 so those are kind of the the eight teams that can still make it I think interestingly something that's worth noting is, is looking in the back half of the rankings and you know you look at a team like a, a, an 8 and 4 Tennessee they're ranked 21st okay who beat Tennessee Georgia okay you also look at uh, and also Alabama. Um, you also have an eight and four Clemson team. Okay. Who beat Clemson? Florida State. All of a sudden, those are ranked wins for teams that, or, or, or those are ranked wins that maybe should not be ranked wins. And then you look at a team like an Oregon who beat Utah, who's also eight and four, and they're not ranked. But at the end of the day, what's the, you know, Utah would be ranked probably like what? 27 or 28. So. <laughs> What you can see, kind of where the committee is going with these with these scenarios. Obviously, none of the teams at the bottom of the top twenty five play this week, so they're going to stay ranked. Utah is not going to hop up into the rankings this week. Um So I think it, we're we're already seeing where the committee's kind of biases are lying. Maybe.
1: Yeah, they're trying to set it up where they they're already looking ahead to the future, and they're gonna have. I mean if a couple of these teams win, we've got a couple of one loss teams, then they're going to just start comparing resumes right away. And it's what gets valued more at conference championships, had the head wins, top 25 wins. You know, they're already seeing, you know, what's the criteria for getting these teams. in? there's not a perfect blueprint, you know, it's up to the committee at the end, at the end of the day. Um. So as, as a fan, as a fan of outside teams, I mean, for Michigan, for you, they just have to win and they're in, but for other teams, mm-hmm. if they win, they might not be in.
0: Right. Like, uh, I mean, a Florida State. Florida State theoretically could go thirteen and zero, but mm-hmm. let's say Alabama beats Georgia. Let's say Washington beats Oregon. All of a sudden, you're gonna have and, and Michigan beats Iowa. I think it would be the t- the four teams in no order would be Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Washington, and they would probably leave out Florida State at thirteen and zero. It's just a matter of and and, and they say. It's not the four most deserving, right? They say it's the four best teams, but it seems like you know just based on the track record and the history of this thing, they go with the four most deserving teams because in no way is Florida State one of the four best teams in the country right now. I think if they were ranking doing these rankings purely based on who are the four best teams, it 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 would be Georgia, Michigan, probably Oregon, and and then. Like a Washington, or maybe even a Texas, or or an Alabama, even Ohio State. I think Ohio State's a better football team than than Florida State right now. So they 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 kind of the committee kind of contradicts themselves in, in these rankings. And um, you know, I think personally, we had our gripes with the BCS, and um, just because it was a two team championship, right? But I think the the process to to the to how the BCS got to their top two teams was better than how the committee does it. They got the, t- the, the best two teams. Most of the years, the one year, the exception, I think there should have been a rematch Michigan, Ohio state in 2006. But then again, I'm biased um, as you know, they were both one, two when they played and then Ohio state won and Michigan missed out, went to the Rose bowl and played USC uh, and Ohio state went on to play in the national championship game. Um, so, so, the, the, the human element certainly adds, adds some bias. You know, there's 13 people on this committee and not one of them works full time in college football. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's a bunch of athletic directors, there's former players and coaches, but can you really consider yourself an expert on college football if you don't work full time in the sport?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I mean, I'm kind of rooting for some sort of chaos scenario just so that we get to see what the committee does, get to see the reactions. And people going at those specific committee members and they all have a tie to something from somewhere in their past. And so mm-hmm. somebody will dig something up of why they didn't pick, you know, whoever it may be at Texas or Florida, whatever happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see what their their criteria was for making that decision and then what the response is from everybody else.
0: Yeah, I kind of am rooting for some chaos as well. As long as Michigan wins, you know, uh, I, I'm open yeah. to chaos now. You know, I said it on the last podcast. i. I don't want to play Alabama coming off a win against Georgia, and I, yeah. or I don't want to go up to one and have to play Georgia, who falls to four or something like that. Uh, you know, ideally, the two teams you'd want to play are probably Washington and Florida State. But then again, Washington coming off a win against uh, Oregon would look a lot more impressive than they do right now. So there is not going to be like a TCU situation like last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, they're all they're all. You know top level event contenders all season long and, and have that that history, so um I think everybody has a case everybody around here is going to have a case mm-hmm. you know if they win this weekend um you know to get into this this final four
0: yeah, and there's a scenario even Ohio State not playing that they can still make it in, so mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's still a lot of scenarios that can think can that can happen this weekend. Let's get into the games themselves uh, because that it, those are ultimately what are going to decide uh who's in this thing Joe. Uh, game of the week, where are you looking? We actually have two different games of the week this week, but uh, where we are you going? We went
1: different. I think it was the first week in a while where you know there was a case maybe for two. And, and I'm going with Oregon versus Washington. It's Friday night. It's the Pac-12 championship game. We've been waiting for this rematch. And surprisingly enough, the undefeated Washington Hus- Huskies are, are pretty solid underdogs here. They're nine and a half point underdogs to a team that they beat earlier this season. Washington's undefeated. But ever we've said it a lot on pretty much every pod. Ever since that Oregon-Washington game that was at Washington, Washington's won, but they've been playing kind of shaky on one side of the ball. Offense might not be fully there. Defense gives up a lot of points versus somebody just a little bit shaky. But, um, you know, to them, they're a team that's just found a way to win games, at team of destiny vibe. Oregon, since that game, has come back with a vengeance. They have dominated pretty much everybody they've played. This offense is unstoppable. Um, I think Bo Nix is the Heisman front runner right now, if not, you know, right there as a close second. So he's been unbelievable. Um, Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, that offense is flying high. It's hard for to see anyone keeping up with them. Um, then you got Michael Penix, who is the Heisman favorite for a lot of this season, especially after that win versus Oregon. But nine and a half point underdogs, just a really, really interesting line. Um, I mean, I've been riding with Oregon for a long time. This line is just so high, in my opinion, for a conference championship game with a team that's undefeated still.
0: Yeah, it's like we said on sunday with jake it, it feels a little bit disrespectful to washington and you know their ability to get through the, un, the the regular season unscathed now you're right oregon has looked really good since that that win over washington now you could argue that they haven't really played anybody good you know their best win was last week or or last friday against oregon state 31-7 but that was an oregon state team that now we know their coach was fully checked out on that game, mm-hmm. on that, on that job. He was, his, his head w- was in East Lansing at the time and, and maybe they didn't get the the full preparation needed for that game. They were also coming off a tough loss at home against Washington and you know, Washington looked rough in the Apple cup against Washington state. Uh, but they also have that, that win at Oregon state on the road in the pouring rain. They also won at USC. Uh, I, you know, I don't really think that highly of USC, um, but they won on the road at USC, Oregon beat USC at home. So I think this game is, is a little bit more evenly matched than maybe the line is indicating, you know, Oregon, their offense is really good. They're first in passing yards in the country, first and first downs, second in yards per play, second in turnovers. So they move the ball and they don't turn the thing over and their defense is solid too. You know, eighth in rushing yards allowed, 12th in yards per play. Um, 31st in sacks, so maybe they struggle getting to the quarterback a little bit, and maybe that's going to let uh, and and Washington's third in sacks allowed, so they don't allow m- many sacks. I think if you give Penix time and you give Odunze and and uh, their their weapons, uh, you know, the ability to to have time to get open uh, or maybe make a, you know, make broken plays work. I think, I think Washington's going to be able to move the football on Oregon. So I kind of expect a, a high scoring, high flying game. It's in Vegas. It's in neutral site. Uh, the sharp money is on Oregon minus the nine and a half right now. The over-under unders at 66 and a half. Um, I think Washington can cover this nine and a half point spread. I, I think that's a lot. It might even get to 10. If you get a 10, I, I would hop on that right away. And I wouldn't be stunned if Washington can pull off this upset. I think they're being very disrespected. They won this game earlier in the season. We know the circumstances. But they were up by 10 points in the third quarter in that game. Uh, people forget that. So yeah, my I mean, pick if, is if
1: – And if you look sorry. at a lot of these games that they, they have been playing, they've been close, but they've had those opportunities to pull away in games that they've just let teams kind of kind of sneak around almost. So, I mean, there's definitely a scenario where, where Washington plays this game as you know plus – 280 plus 300 underdog, and, and they might run away with this. You know, Oregon's always got that chance to come back in a heartbeat, but they're having an off night. I mean, like I said, this team's undefeated, and they've got a has-been contender. They're really getting disrespected in this game.
0: And I think one win that people completely forget for Washington, earlier earlier in the season, I believe it was week four or five, they won on the road at Tucson by seven points and against Arizona, and people maybe thought, no, that's not that impressive of a win at the time. Arizona's 15th in the country. That's a top 15 win. So, you know, Washington has a really good resume. They beat Oregon, who's a top, what, six team. They beat Arizona, who's a top 15 team. And they beat Oregon State, who's a top 25 team. Washington has a better resume than Oregon does at the moment. Oregon's only win, you know, their only ranked win is Oregon State. So, yes, Oregon has been steamrolling teams. They probably have a better uh, line than, than Washington. Uh, but I think Washington is being disrespected. So my official pick is Washington plus nine and a half. And I think Oregon probably wins by three or four points. Ultimately, I think they have enough play. They they have enough or they make enough plays. I think this is going to be a high flying game. It's going to be an exciting game on Friday night. But I'm going with the Ducks to not cover, but win.
1: I'm going to be on the same boat there. Yeah, I'm taking puddles the duck and, and bone next and his squad. Nine-and-a-half is a lot of points, like I said, to an undefeated team, but just straight money line and who I'm taking in this game. Oregon's just played so well the last six weeks. They've been just unbelievable on offense, flying around. Everything seems to be going their way. The defense has played solid. They've made timely stops. So I'm on Oregon and the Ducks, but I think Washington keeps it close. I think it'll be a good game, which is what folks want here on Friday night, and I think they can stick around. And and don't be shocked if they pull it off, but I am going to lead Oregon on this one.
0: Before I move off the Pac-12, I just want to note that is – Absolutely a play in game. I think yep. whoever wins that game is in the playoff. Uh, uh, barring pure chaos, but I, I think that is pretty pretty, pretty safe to say that's a play in game. And yeah, yeah, the loser is absolutely out. I'd,
1: yeah. I'd have a hard time seeing one of these teams win, Washington being undefeated and Oregon's only loss being to them not getting in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. SEC championship game. That's my game of the week. Georgia is a five and a half point favorite. It's in Alabama. Uh we got four PM CBS, the last ever SEC on CBS game. So a bit emotional for for SEC fans. Um and you know, this is an interesting one, right? You 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 have an Alabama team coming off, you know, really what should have been a loss to a six and six Auburn team. They they get a miracle win there at the end. Auburn chooses to only rush two guys with with a spy, just a you know, terrible decision there, and that's part of the reason they won that game. Also the the muff punt. You got Georgia coming off a you know eight point win over a Georgia Tech team that's you know w- w- was feisty this year, but certainly a team that Georgia should have expected to blow out. Maybe that's a bit of a look ahead uh, game for them last weekend. I think this game is going to come down to can Georgia stop the run. You know I I don't think Milrow is going to be able to beat Georgia's defense with his arm. You know he had two he had two plays last weekend against Auburn where he ran like two or three yards past the line of scrimmage, ran back and threw the ball for an obvious flag. I don't think Milrow is, can scare you that much with his arm. Now, he is a, a good enough passer. He's improved on that throughout the year. I think what makes R- Milroe so scary is his legs. You know, he, this guy consistently rushes for around 100 yards a game. You know, he's, he's not afraid to, you know, if, if, if his first read's not open, just take it and run. Georgia ranks 28th in rushing yards per game. So it's an okay, de- it's an okay rushing defense. It's not, you know, the Georgia of the past, right? They don't have guys like Jalen Carter uh, up the, f- they don't have the Philadelphia Eagles front front seven, right? It, it, it's a different Georgia team. I think you can get at this Georgia team. Georgia Tech was able to run the football against them last weekend. So, you know, just like any football game, it's going to be decided in the trenches, Offen- Alabama's offensive line getting push against Georgia's defense. Alabama's offensive line was horrible to start the season. It's it certainly improved as the team has. I think I, I think you know Georgia is going to be able to, to throw the ball probably all over Alabama. Um, they're eighth in passing yards in the country. Um, Alabama's defense ranks fifteenth in passing yards allowed, uh, and you know you have to factor in games like Chattanooga in that as well. So this is going to be a very interesting one. I'm not going to give away my pick until I hear your thoughts, but uh, I think Alabama has a chance in this game just because of, of Milrose escapability.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think the coolest part about this game is that at the beginning of the year, you could have said Georgia versus Alabama for the SEC title game, and it wouldn't have been a crazy pick, but a month into the season, I mean, if folks got on Alabama Mm -hmm. to make it this far, what a great pick because Nick Saban, this coaching job he's done of, you know, that game against South Florida, I keep looking back to, when they had Bench row. it was the two different guys. They couldn't do anything. They go back to them, and, and we were saying, like, hey, is this going to be quite the down year for Alabama? Like, they're, they're slipping, and they might be sliding here. And they turned that ship around. They got some big wins, knocking off an LSU team, um, you know, barely beating Auburn mm-hmm. last week. But, hey, win's a win. Call it a miracle. Call it what you will. But they're right in that ball game with lots of opportunity and, and uh, at the gravedigger at the end of the game. So they're coming in hot into this game against Georgia. Played close against Tech, but honestly, man, I'm I'm going with Georgia, and I'm taking the points here. I, I just think they're a level above him right now. I think Milro would have to play out of his mind in this game. Wide receivers would have to step up. Offensive line is going to have to protect him, and I just think Georgia – I'm going to I'm gonna call it now. Georgia, I think in a lot of the start, starts of the game, the first quarter against a lot of teams has let them score, made it a little bit of a ball mm-hmm. game. I think they come out firing this week. I think they've forced a turnover. Um, They jump on top early. They ground and pound this game. Carson back plays smart, doesn't make mistakes, and and does what he has to do to to get this win. And ultimately, I just think this undefeated season is uh, the track Georgia's on.
0: It's certainly the safe pick, and it's probably the right pick. You know, I think Georgia will ultimately win this game. I do think Georgia is going to win this football game. I think they they have much more talent from top to bottom. They they have the ability to rotate guys in on defense and I talk about this all the time. It, depth wins a lot of football games. We saw it it helped Michigan against Ohio State last weekend. And I think Georgia's going to be able to rotate in five stars off the bench, you know, sophomores, freshmen, uh juniors, you know. They they have depth on defense and that that really is is a massive advantage. Not that Al- Alabama doesn't have high quality depth, but I think Georgia has better depth. And you're right, I think Carson Beck, you know, he he has Really impressed me this season. I think he he's flown under the radar. Um, it can can Georgia get the running game going against Alabama? We'll see. They ran it all over Georgia Tech. It's going to be much bigger, a big more of a challenge. But we did see Auburn. Auburn kind of ran that ran the ball all over Alabama last weekend too. So yeah. I, think, I think you can get at this Bama defense, but something about Milro just scares me. So I'm going to take Bama plus five and a half on the spread. But again, I think Georgia wins this one. I think Georgia wins this wins this one by a field goal um maybe bama comes out hot uh, you know maybe georgia they they always seem to, to spot a team with touchdown maybe that trend uh, continues to be true uh this is this is going to be a really fun game either way so give me georgia with the points or sorry give me alabama with the points but uh, georgia on the money line
1: all right all right i like it i'm going to take georgia money line and give me the points there to cover the
0: spread all righty and then the other game on friday um since we were talking about that Oregon game we also have New Mexico State at Liberty Liberty's favored by 10 and that is the conference USA championship game these teams did play earlier at Liberty Liberty won 33 to 7 but that was week three um we don't have to like go into an in-depth preview on the conference USA championship but just a quick pick here yeah
1: I I think this is also a disrespectful line in New Mexico State I get here's what I'm gonna say Liberty's undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. I know they played New Mexico State. They really haven't played anybody else. New Mexico State not only beat Auburn, they dominated Auburn just a couple short weeks ago, beaten by multiple touchdowns. So, I just think 10s a lot of points. I feel like they're disrespecting New Mexico State in this ball game. I really want to take them outright. I'm I'm definitely on them spread though. I think they definitely cover this this uh, this line of 10 points. I mean, Diego Pavia is a, a dynamic quarterback. Jerry Kills quite the program and team. They just have a solid team that's going to keep him in this ball game. At least give him a fighting chance.
0: Yeah, they've come a long way since week one, losing to UMass at home. They they started out the season one and two. Um and they lost at Hawaii in, what, week five, and they haven't lost since. So this team is hot, and and they beat an SEC team. They also beat a pretty solid Jacksonville State team last weekend, too, in overtime at home in what I thought was a pretty big letdown spot. So I love New Mexico State plus 10 here. I think they can win this game outright in in, in the rematch, um and more on that later as we get into our upsets of the week. Okay, moving into Saturday. We have, what, like... uh, uh, six, seven games, eight games on, on Saturday. Um, the big one at noon in the noontime slot is Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas is favored by 14 and a half. This is obviously the Big 12 championship game on ABC. Obviously, Texas needs the win to have any hope of getting into the playoff. Oklahoma State playing uh, for spoiler here and, and maybe getting a little bit better of a bowl game as well. Where are you kind of leaning here um, in this Big 12 championship game?
1: Yeah, I think just a small note, this game would have been pretty sweet if Oklahoma had somehow made it in, made that a rematch. But, mm-hmm. alas, here we are. Give some some credit to the Pokes here. Oklahoma State makes it in. Uh, they're taking on Texas, and I don't know. I mean, Texas looks so good against Texas Tech. Everything was working for them last week. Oklahoma State needed, what, was a double overtime against BYU to, to sneak that one out to make it to this title game? Texas is playing so well. Um, I'm on them for sure money line. Two touchdowns, 14 and a half is, is uh, I can't quite figure out where I'm going to go on the points here. Re- a reason being is if Oklahoma can stick to their game plan and keep it close. Ollie Gordon, when he's on, man, he is he's nearly unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So, I'm taking Texas money line, but I don't, I don't know where to go on the points here. I think Oklahoma State can just if, stick to the game plan, don't let it get out of control, don't allow big play, and, and feed the rock to Ollie Gordon is what I'd be doing.
0: You're, yeah, we know what Oklahoma State is going to try to do in this football game. They're going to give Oli Gordon 30, 35 carries like they've done pretty much every single game this entire season. And I think that feeds into the strength of Texas's defense, though. Texas is fifth in rushing yards allowed per game in, in the country this season. So, And we saw how good of a defensive front they have against Alabama. Right, they were able to stop Jalen Milrow and that Alabama offense in Tuscaloosa. I know that was a different Alabama team in, in week two compared to where they are now, but the 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 front seven is the strength of Texas. Texas's strength is defense. We saw what they did against Iowa State in, in, on the road in a tough, you know, kind of trap game uh, environment. We we saw what they did last weekend against Texas Tech. This team is playing they're they're on a mission right now and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They think they're being disrespected by the committee, you know, putting them all the way back at 7. I think Texas is one of the best four teams in the country. I really do. Quint Ewers, you know, he's gotten better, you know, banged up, but he's gotten better every single week since that injury. And I I think Texas it's it's going to be kind of like Ohio State against Wisconsin and Whatever year that was I believe 2016 when Ohio State won 59 to0. I think Texas knows that they have to impress the committee here if they want to make it into the playoff Texas can't win this game by three or, or even a touchdown they have to they have to go in and they have to blow out Oklahoma State and I, yeah, yeah and, and I think the fact that they can they, they're really good against the run plays well because I'm okay if you know, they're going to have to let Allen Bowman try to beat them and I'm okay if you know if Alan Bowman beats me, I tip my cap. And I think from Oklahoma State, it's a question of which team shows up. Are you going to get the team that beat Oklahoma on the road, or sorry, at home? Or are you going to get the team that lost to UCF by 50 points? So Texas is on a mission. Oklahoma State is is a bit of a confusing team. I think Texas knows they have to win this game by a lot of points, which is why I'm on Texas minus 14 and a half. I think Texas is going to win this game by three or four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with that. It's to your point of they need some style points. They need a big win here. It's not going to be, you know, Alabama beats Georgia, massive win. Georgia beats Alabama, Oregon versus Washington. Those are crazy wins. Oklahoma State just doesn't have that luster right now of a power five marquee win conference championship game. I think it would have been different if it was Oklahoma avenging their one loss, but they need style points. They need to dominate this team and show that they're a step above them. Um, and that they dominated the the Big 12 this year to get in. A lot of folks are leaving them out of the playoff in certain scenarios. So they need a a resounding win. They need to win. They need to win resoundingly. I think you see Quinn in the game long, pushing this field, ball down the field. They're going to have to play lights out, and, and they're going to need a big win.
0: Yeah, that, that, that should be a fun one. Hopefully it's like uh, Oklahoma State-Baylor a couple of years ago when Oklahoma State basically missed the college football playoff by inches on that last play. Yeah. Uh, The guy was tackled short. That was that was quite the game. So Texas's last ever game in the Big Twelve as well. So this is this is going to hopefully be a fun one uh, in the noon time slot. Also in the noon time slot, Miami of Ohio at uh, actually against Toledo in Ford Field uh, in the MAC championship game. Toledo is favored by seven and a half. These teams also played earlier in the season. Toledo won that football game. Uh, Final score was. Let me just pull that up for you guys here. Final score was twenty one seventeen that game was in miami uh of, of Ohio, so it should be a fun game I think you know Dequan finn that the Toledo quarterbacks is, is pretty good he's thrown for twenty three hundred yards this year twenty one touchdowns and eight picks uh, I, I think you know toledo's only loss is, is to illinois this year and, and that was a really close game Toledo's kind of ran through the uh, the the Mac conference without much many issues. The only tough game they had this year was at Bowling Green a couple of weeks ago so I think I think Toledo wins this game. I I think maybe Miami Ohio covers, but if I had to make a pick, I'd probably take Toledo minus the seven and a half here and and ride with the Rockets.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be a fun game. I love matching these two teams have been great all year. We've been talking about coaching carousel and and Toledo's coach Candle uh, being floated around there, but great game. Miami Ohio still went ten and two. Toledo went you know eleven and one. Just a fantastic season for both of these. Teams, and they don't get talked about quite as much. Um, but they do get some love on those Tuesdays and Wednesdays when it is my action. But I, I love Daquan Finn from Toledo. Um, Brett Gabbard, who's playing Gabbard's little brother, was the quarterback of Miami, Ohio. He's out for the year with an injury. Um, I think he suffered it in the Toledo game, actually, earlier earlier this year. I think he makes a difference in this game and maybe moves this line a little bit. But unfortunately, you know, for them, I think there's a step behind Toledo right now. And I'm on uh, on the Rockets here as well.
0: All right. We're both with the Rockets. I don't know if you saw on Twitter a few weeks ago at Toledo Stadium, they have a rocket pointed at, I believe it's Bowling Green, their biggest rival. I might be wrong on that, but they have a rocket outside their stadium that's pointed directly at the the 50 yard line at their biggest rival stadium. So wow. just <laughs> yeah, only in college football. It's another one of those things, only in college football. You got to love that. All right. Moving into the afternoon slate, obviously we have the Georgia-Bama game, which we already talked about. And then we have- a few group of five games here that we can go through quickly. We got Boise state minus two at UNLV 3. PM uh, on Fox, the mountain West championship game we have. So the uh, Allegiant stadium is going to have two conference championship games uh, in back to back nights. Yeah. Wow. We'll ha- I'll, I'll be interested to see what the, what they do with the field for that, for that UNLV game. Is it still going to have the PAC 12 stuff on there or are yeah. they going to be able to to do it overnight? So that's the first one. We also have SMU at Tulane. Tulane's favored by four. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern on ABC in the AAC championship game. And then we got App State at Troy. Troy is favored by 6.5, 4 p.m. ESPN on the – that's the Sunbelt championship game. So out of those three, which one are you kind of most looking forward to?
1: I think SMU at Tulane. I like all these games, but I think SMU at Tulane is a chance to be a shootout. You got Michael Pratt from Tulane. Um, They've been the front runner of that group of five New Year six bowl team but they haven't played convincingly they they had a great win last week against UTSA so they might finally be coming back into full form but this SMU team they can put up points and put them up in a hurry Preston stone at quarterback um, last year in the AAC moving up to the ACC so dominant team puts up a lot of points I mean if this turns into a shootout Tulane's gonna have to get firing and Pratts gonna have to play probably the best game of his season to this point so I I'm kind, I kind of like SMU in this game, the ponies.
0: I, I like SMU on the plus four. Th- these are two teams that SMU's 10 and two, Tulane's 11 and one. Both are undefeated in conference. Their only losses are to, to power five teams. Tulane lost to Ole Miss in, in what was a close game with their backup quarterback, with Tulane's backup quarterback. And SMU lost to Oklahoma on the road and lost to TCU on the road. So these are two teams that, that dominate group of five opposition obviously SMU is making the jump up to the power five next year. So that that's a good sign for them. Um, but you're right. I, I think SMU is going to be able to move the football on Tulane, um, you know, but it's, it's just a question of can, can Tulane, can the defense show up? You know, they're, they're, they're at home, but it's not much of a home field advantage. I don't know if you've seen their stadium. It's, it's pretty much like a kind of like a shoebox. I've been on the field there. It's it's really small. It's really small. So there might might be you know a lot of SMU fans at this game because mm-hmm. weekend in New Orleans a lot of fun. Um, give me give me SMU plus the points. Uh, I think this game can go either way. So I'll, I'll take I'll take the the dog in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it. And another game where I like the dog is UNLV man. I think cool for the Mountain West to secure a deal. I don't know how long it's for to play at Allegiant Stadium. That's big for them. Prime time. It's not neutral site. But, yeah, I mean, Boise Sorry. State's come alive ever since firing um, Andy Avalos. But I like this UNLV team. I know they lost to San Jose State, but I'm on UNLV, man. I like these guys in this game. They're underdogs. Boise State's come um, you know, flying back from the depths it felt like, I guess, when they might have missed a bowl game other than the uh, conference championship and favored. But I like UNLV in this one, man. Um, yeah, essentially, I guess it, it is in Vegas. It's more of a home game for him. Um, but I, I like him. I like UNLV. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean, Boise State's seven and five, six and two in conference. Um, they've won three straight against Air Force, Utah State, and, and New Mexico. Uh, and, and pretty much all of those were, were pretty convincing. Uh, they also beat Wyoming um, in, in that run, they lost to Fresno state. Uh, they, they, and then UNLV is coming off that loss at home against San Diego state. They also beat air force. That one was on the road. Boise state won that, that game at home. Um, so, UNLV is a really good team. You know, they played Michigan earlier in the year, got to see him in person. Jane Miava, uh, two, 2,600 yards, 14 touchdowns does have six picks on this, on the year. I think this game is going to become, come down to Boise state's ability to, to run the football with Aston Genty, their running back. Thirteen touchdowns, eleven hundred yards on the year for for the Broncos. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a crazy home field advantage. I think UNLV, you know uh, Barry Odom, their head coach has been rumored with a lot of head, uh, head coaching jobs around the country, so maybe that's a bit of a, a distraction for the Rebs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade you there. I'm gonna go with Boise State minus the two. I think they win this game uh, right, in man. in Las Vegas.
1: All right, now I see you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then App State Troy is the other one there. Uh this one's in Troy. Troy was the team that you had as the your your top-ranked group of 5 team heading into the season. They finished the year 10 and 2, 7 and 1 in the Sunbelt. App State is 8 and 4, 6 and 2 in the Sunbelt. Obviously App State had that huge win at James Madison in overtime 2 weeks ago. Uh and and Troy has won their last 5 games uh, against pretty weak opposition, you know, Southern Miss, Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, Southern Alabama. Uh, in Texas state. So Sunbelt, one of the weaker conferences for sure this year uh, still should be a good game. Um, and and where, what's your lean?
1: Dude, I'm leaning heavy on Troy minus six and a half to win and the points here. I think Kamani beat all, they just get on the ground. They pound the rock with him. Gunnar Watson's a great quarterback, veteran guy. He knows where to spread the, that football around the field. And yeah, I'm on, I'm on Troy here, man. I think they, they win this game and, and they win it by a couple touchdowns. Um, they're at home. They've been playing well this season. I was on them early and I'm going to stick with him, So give me Troy.
0: Yeah. Give me Troy as well uh, with the points. I think they can win this game by a touchdown. You know, App State uh, is good, but Troy's kind of just the class of the conference this year. And I think they can get it done at home. Okay. Prime time situation here. We got two, two games to wrap up the slate. We got Michigan minus 23 against Iowa, 8 PM on Fox, big 10 championship game. And then we got Louisville, uh, against Florida state. That one is 8 PM on ABC. Florida state is favored by two and a half points. So Michigan, Iowa, you know, might maybe Iowa surprises some people, but you know, I believe Vegas set Iowa's over under for each half at at zero point, zero and a half points. So if you think Iowa can score a single point in either half or in in each half, you know, I take those bets, maybe parlay it. Uh, I do think I was going to be able to score maybe once, maybe a couple field goals in this game too. Uh, So uh, I think Michigan wins, you know, not too nervous about this game as a fan. Uh, Do I think we cover, I don't know, you know, will Johnson's hurt. I don't think they should risk playing him. going to have to re redo the line with Zach Zinter out. Uh, JJ should be fully healthy coming off that knee that he got that hurt that he got hurt uh, against Penn state. Um, but I mean, like I'd have a hard time taking Iowa plus 23, 23, when, 23 when you just have so many concerns about them being able to score the football.
1: Yeah, if I was actually betting, I, I just don't know if I'd touch the line because it's like Michigan's going to win this football game. It's just like how, how bad do they put their, their foot down or they just run the clock out essentially in the second half. Um, I, I do like Iowa over half a point in both the halves just in the sense of, hey, if they can just get a pick or do anything or get a, a short field. They've seen a first down or two and kick a field goal. I don't like them scoring touchdowns. But, I mean, I think they can get a field goal somewhere at this point. So, I like them over half a point. Definitely in the second half, maybe when they're down and and they got to push the field and just maybe they get a lucky play or something. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan's a heavy favorite. I don't see a world where Iowa wins this ball game that would be pure chaos. Their offense, I'm excited for a lot of people to see it on the national stage, is just so anemic. Um, But they do have a good defense, so maybe they can make some stops and make it, Somewhat of a close game, where it's at least that chance of them making a big play. But yeah, that offense is just too bad. They don't have Cooper Jean, who's you know a mm-hmm. dynamic playmaker, you know on defense, but also on, as a special teamer with the ball in his hands. So I'm on Michigan. I, I think I'd stay away from the spread, but I would sprinkle maybe Iowa over half a point in one of the halves.
0: Yeah, why not? I think Iowa's going to be able to score a point. So yeah, I think you can get that at like close to even odds as well, which is just kind of kind of ridiculous. You know, the over/under for this game is like. <laughs> Like thirty four and a half points, so uh, Michigan might cover that themselves. <laughs> maybe, may, they they might. Um, this was a rematch of, of the Big Ten championship game two years ago. You know, unfortunate that Cade McNamara is out for the season because it it would have been fun to kind of have a little bit of a rematch game against him. Eric Alls yeah. also out for the season, so um, Iowa feels kind of depleted at this point in the season. But who knows? Chaos, chaos could happen. What about Louisville, Florida State? This
1: game is a. The chance to be a lot more fun. A little bit of luster off of it since Louisville went down to Kentucky last week, but still a really good team. I mean, Kentucky's a, a good ball club. They needed that win they'd been kind of reeling. So rivalry game. Um, you know, been cool to see Louisville only have one loss. But yeah, it's a close line, only two and a half points at this point. Um, with uh Jordan Travis being out. But man, I think similar to some of these other games I've been talking about, they're gonna lean heavy on Trey Benson, the running back for Florida State. Take pressure off the quarterback, roadmaker. And, you know, he's got Johnny Wilson. He's got some wideouts that he can feed that ball to, Keon Coleman. That defense is really good. So shut down Louisville's uh, rushing attack to our Jordan, put the ball in Jack Plummer's hands. And I'm going to lean the Knolls on this one. Um, they've been undefeated all year. They're getting a little discredited, um, the rest of the team, once Jordan Travis went down, but still a really good ball club. And I think they're a notch above Louisville. And I'm on the Knolls.
0: I'm on the Knolls as well. I think Louisville is a bit overrated. To be honest, you know, they obviously they lost to Kentucky. They barely beat Miami on the road. They barely beat a 3 9 Virginia team. Uh, you know, they lost to Pitt. I mean, they lost to Pitt, guys. Uh, and, and they just don't have explosive playmakers on offense. Sure, they have Jawar Jordan, but I think Florida State has a really good front. Jared Furst, is going to be a top 10 pick. They're going to be able to limit him, and, and they're not going to be able to throw the football on Florida State. Louisville does have a really good defense 12th in the rushing yards allowed. Their, their ninth and first downs allowed 10th and, and third down conversions and third in red zone efficiency. So they have the ability to stop Florida state in the red zone. I think Florida state will ultimately be able to run the football. And and you're right. They, Tate Rodemaker just needs to be a game manager again in this game, like he was against Florida state, maybe throw it for 150 yards. Just, just keep it clean. Don't turn the ball over, come in, make the right plays, hand the ball off. Uh, and, and they you know, make a couple of throws to so guys like Johnny Wilson and Kiana Coleman. Those are really Elite level receivers that I think Louisville is going to have a tough time, tough time guarding. And, and and Florida State is playing for everything in this game. Obviously, Louisville is playing for an ACC championship game, but Florida State is playing for the playoff. And and they're they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to come out firing. And I think Louisville, or sorry, I think Florida State wins this game by a touchdown or more. I, I think people are are really discrediting this football team. Are they one of the best four teams in the country? Probably not, but. Will they get into the playoff if they win? I think yes. I think they're fourth right now. I I would have a really tough time seeing them drop out with a win. You know, would you really drop them a spot or two after winning a game? I just don't think it's gonna happen.
1: Power five team goes undefeated. They've got a couple of solid wins. They beat LSU and you know, Louisville would still be a really great win. I think the big thing here is, you know, this is a, a two loss Louisville team. Like this is still a really good win if Florida State pulls it off. So it'd be hard to see an undefeated team that's been in that top four, top five conversation the whole year that dropped out after a win. But again, you know, they, it wouldn't hurt for them to have a little bit of style points as well.
0: Yeah, I think they're kind of like Texas. They're going to be playing for the style points. Okay, uh, let's, let's get through our upsets and our locks and, and some players to watch real quick before, before we get out. And we'll make our final college football playoff predictions at the end as well. So upset, We're, we, we talked through all the games already, so this can, this can be quick here. Where are you going?
1: Yeah, we've, we've leaned a few different ones. I think my pick for the upset's going to be, I'm taking them outright, SMU plus 150. They're at Tulane. I just lean Preston Stone, lighting it up down there. In New Orleans, I get a couple fans in the building. And I like a lot of
0: these teams as underdogs, but I'm going with the ponies. Okay, I like that pick. I'm between New Mexico State and over Liberty at plus 300. And honestly, Washington plus 280 against Oregon. I think I'm going to go. I feel better about New Mexico State beating Liberty Uh, rematch. Obviously, you know New Mexico State lost this game earlier in the year, but Liberty they've won, but they're not that. They haven't looked that impressive. They haven't really played anybody. So, give me New Mexico State plus 300 over Liberty in the upset of the week, and then your lock.
1: I like three lines here: Troy minus six, Flow State minus two and a half, and Georgia minus five and a half. Give me Florida State minus two
0: and a half lock of the week. Okay, and I, I'm I'm between Florida State minus two and a half and Texas minus fourteen and a half. I feel better about Florida State, to be honest. I feel better about Florida State. So I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to say Florida State minus two and a half. We can have the same lock. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, Florida State minus two and a half. I feel good about that.
1: Yeah, I just I just think they're they're undefeated. Like they're not getting the credit. Two and a half. Lock. Points, I think they win by a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I, I, they would lose to any other team in the top seven, right? T- top, top eight. But I just don't think that highly of Louisville, and I think that's what it comes down to. If they were playing Oregon, they'd get killed, right? But mm-hmm. playing Louisville, they're not playing Oregon. Players to watch: Where are you looking?
1: Quarterback at Troy, Gunnar Watson. If they're going to cover that line, win this uh, conference championship, I think he has a solid game with Kamani Vidal on the ground. Oregon wideout Troy Franklin. I think that these ducks are flying high. I've been saying it for a while now, but Bo Nexel spreading the ball around, but he loves finding Troy Franklin. This guy can just flat out fly. I like him to have a big game. Toledo quarterback Daquan Finn and SMU quarterback Preston Stone. That's my upset of the week. Um, If the opponents are going to do it, he's going to have the big one. So give me a a couple quarterbacks and and a wideout.
0: Love it. Love it. Daquan Finn's a lot of fun to watch. And Troy, or sorry, Preston Stone, going to need to have a big one against Tulane if you want your upset to hit. I'm going Diego Pavia, quarterback, New Mexico, New Mexico State. That guy is so much fun to watch. Uh, seriously, if you're if you're a neutral fan or if you're not doing anything Friday night, obviously, maybe you're watching the Oregon-Washington game. But tune in to, to that game because Diego Pavia is a lot of fun. Austin Genty, running back Boise. Uh, if Boise State wants to win that game, they're going to have to be able, be able to run the football and he's kind of their lead guy. To so watch for him, Trey Benson, same situation for Florida State. I think he's going to get a lot of carries like he did uh, last weekend in the swamp. So he's one to watch. And then Georgia's rush defense—you know—they're going to have to stop Milrow, his escapability, and they're also going to have to stop McClellan on, on the ground. So look for Georgia's rush defense. I think if Georgia can stop the run, they win that game by ten plus points. Uh, but ultimately, I, I don't think they are. But that's why they're, they're kind of ones to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Diego Pavia, we're both on New Mexico State. We like that, that line for them. Um, like the running backs for events, and they're going to lean on him. And Georgia's rush defense. Like you said, I think another thing, too, is just watching Melrose's legs, um, having maybe a spy on him. If you can take him out of the game, the rushing ability, it's going to be a, a big X factor for
0: him as well. Yeah, definitely have a spy on him, just not in Hail Mary situations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Heisman, Heisman power pole. Yeah, give be similar
1: to last right. week for me. Kind of a one A one at one B for me still. Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels biggest thing is Bo Nix has a marquee game this weekend to, to help solidify his case. So he's my one A slight edge. One um, B is Jaden Daniels, and then third um, a step behind him is, is Michael Penix Jr. Uh, four is Marvin Harrison Jr. and five is Ollie Gordon the second from Oklahoma State.
0: I got. The same. Same top three. I think if Nix has a big game this weekend and they win the pac twelve, I think he wins the Heisman. I really do. Even if Jaden Daniels has better stats. Uh, but it's gonna come down to the voters, obviously. But it's it's definitely between those two. Third, I got Penix. Uh, but if you know if Penix goes off and has a crazy game, maybe he 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 can hop. He's not out of it. Yeah. He's yeah, he's not out. he's not fully out of it. Four uh, I'm gonna throw Jalen Milrow four, uh, and then Ollie Gordon five. I think Ollie Gordon should be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it doesn't matter who finishes outside of first, if we're being honest. Yeah. No one remembers. Okay. Before we get out, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen when the committee unveils their rankings on Sunday afternoon?
1: I'm going safe, but I, I just think this is how it plays out. I think Georgia beats Bama. They're the, they're the one seed. I think Michigan does what they have to do against Iowa. They become the two team. I'm on Oregon to beat Washington. They They move into three. And then I think they jump, even with one loss for Oregon, they jump uh, Florida State, who sneaks by Louisville. And ultimately, as an undefeated Power 5 team, you give the Knowles the fourth spot, in my opinion. And so Georgia-Michigan, Oregon-Florida State, that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going chalk, too. I'm going chalk. I'm I'm going with all the favorites. Georgia won. I I think they beat Alabama in a close game by three points, like I said. Michigan, I think they take care of business against Iowa. Oregon, I think they win against Washington again in a close one. And I think Florida state wins as well. I think Oregon ultimately hops Florida state because the committee wants to give Georgia the top ranked team, the easiest matchup in Florida state. And I think a Michigan Oregon Rose bowl, you know, big 10 pac 12 in the last ever time that that could possibly happen would be a classic rate matchup, traditional matchup. I might go to that game that would, I would love to hopefully my parents will help uh want to finance a trip like that and we, we can all go okay. watch the game in, in in LA I think that would be awesome and then Georgia Florida State in an uh, SEC ACC Sugar Bowl so it would be a lot of fun would be I think that would be you know a good Michigan Oregon game I don't think Georgia Florida State would be a great game but you know we often complain about the semifinal matchups but semifinal matchups were incredible last year we had you know mm-hmm. We had Michigan TCU play in a in a shootout thrilling game. If you were neutral, sad game for me. And then Georgia Ohio State was came down to the last kick as the as the New Year's clock was ticking. So that was, the, the semis were amazing last year. I just I just hope we can get more of the same this year. But should be should be a crazy weekend of college football. You know, we pick chalk, but there's a very good chance this thing could get very chaotic.
1: All, all these games, all these teams that made it this far. It's been a heck of a season for everybody that, that made it here. So don't discredit anything they've done. And uh I like all of them to, you know, somewhat have a chance to be close. Like these are a heck of ball players. Everybody's got a stud on their team that's playing these ball games. And you know, there, there's chaos scenarios. I'm rooting for it. We didn't take it, we took chalk, Um, picking with our heads, I think. But heart wants chaos, so we'll see if we can uh, get some upsets as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a, a really fun weekend and it, it's gonna be you know, conference championship weekends lets you lock in on games. Whereas throughout the course of the season, you know, you have four or five games that you're watching at once. Now, you know, we're going to be able to watch in you know, Oregon, Washington in its entirety. We're going to be able to watch George, Alabama in its entirety. We're going to be able to lock in on Florida state in its entirety. So we're really going to get to see these teams uh, in full this weekend. And it's a really fun weekend. Obviously conference championships will will be decided and selection Sunday, selection Sunday. So it's all kind of led up to this and and here we are. It's, it's, it's a great time in college football.
1: Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of great games. That's the fun part. They're all going to be great games still this weekend. And marquee matchups, not the same number of games, but great quality um, over quantity this weekend.
0: Absolutely. And, and a ton going on in the sport, too. You know, the transfer portal, I'm losing track of all the guys that have hopped in the portal. I'm we got off. coaching carousel. So, so it's, a, it's a busy time. Uh, we've got bowl season coming up. Are, is, your, uh, is your friend going to be doing a bowl mania again this year?
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get one set up for sure. Absolutely, love it. That was fun. I love I love
0: Bowl Mania. So for Bowl
1: uh, Mania. Some of those picks, it's like you never know with those teams. Like, and and there's a new layer with guys in the portal because now they won't play in those games. So you're gonna have to follow right. what's going on to figure out what the lines mean in these games.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's it. That's a pod. Hope you guys enjoyed, and hope you guys are ready for what should be a really fun Conference Championship week. Joe, you got anything else before we get out?
1: That's it. That's it. Exciting games across the board. Power five, group of five. Um, hope, Open for some upsets and some close games and and uh, some conversations around the the committee's picks for the college football playoff. And yeah, looking forward to it. And we'll be back once they release the rankings.
0: Yep. So stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Please like, rate, review. Let us know how we're doing. Follow us on Instagram too. We, we post some reels. We, we're going to be posting our picks as well. So yeah. Plenty of content here on our end. Joe, thanks for coming on as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.